Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to edition, another edition of the South Florida Tribune Podcast. My name is Scott Morgan, Rock the Motor City Mad Mouth, and tonight is a brand new era for this particular podcast, and I'll tell you why. i got my left hand, my right hand with me on the broadcast. I've got my legal analyst, Ron Renzi, who is also a part of the Coral Springs Chamber of Commerce and a part of our Wednesday referral group. Ron, welcome to the broadcast. We're going to be seeing more of you with sports. But tonight is Tuesday night. How are you doing, Ronnie? Hi, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for bringing me on the show. It's exciting to be on on the show tonight. And uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Ron Renzi. I am an attorney. Uh, some say I'm the legal uh, analyst for the show. I'm a l- lawyer here in Florida, in Coral Springs, Florida. My firm is Wahlberg & Renzi. Uh, we're a small boutique law, law firm practicing the areas of appeals and, and, and civil litigation. I've been practicing 20, almost 28 years. Our firm's been in existence since 1996, and we handle appeals and commercial litigation around Florida. Um, so I'm happy to be here and looking forward to talking with you kids. All right, kids, what are you talking about? I'm older than both of you kids. All right, with that said, okay, I've got my left hand and my partner in crime here on the broadcast, David Levin. He goes from 108 stitches baseball talk to the sports exchange to the South Florida Tribune podcast, wherever I drag him next. David, welcome to the latest three-man booth. What you got to say, Mr. Criminal Justice Guy? Okay, that's a lot to follow up, but thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here tonight with you and Ron. we're, we're in the middle of a rainstorm right now uh, up here in North Florida. And, uh, we're listening to the rain and talking, uh, I guess, maybe some sports and courts and some, some legal ease and whatever we can uh, you know, bring up to talk about and discuss in the next hour or so. I'm real happy to be here with you guys. All right. Well, Ron, obviously, uh, we have a little information about your law firm. But for tonight's broadcast, I think we want to go into enforceable contracts. So why don't you lead us down this path, and then we'll go ahead and uh, roll with you, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, God. And feel free to interrupt any way, anytime, any way you want. Um, I figured just talk to somebody that I thought the audience might be a little interested into and talk about enforceable contracts. Now, contract is something that we deal with all the time. Sometimes we don't even know we're dealing with a contract. You have a lease, it's a contract. You apply for a credit card, it's a contract. You buy a house, you enter into a contract. You enter into, um, buy a business, it's a contract. So, there's contracts in and out of our lives all the time that we didn't even know. So I thought it may be a good inter- introduction to talk a little bit about contracts. Now, some basic contract principles. Uh, there are four elements to a binding contract. Four, you say? Yes, four. There's the offer, acceptance, consideration, and there has to be a sufficient specification of essential terms. So um, let's let, let's go let's go with the first one, the offer. That sounds simple enough. Somebody makes an offer to somebody else. Let's say 
Scott, let's use you. Let's say me. I say, uh, let's say I say to you, Scott, I want to sell you a chair for $50. That's an offer. Then what's the acceptance? Scott says, you know what, Ron? I agree to buy that chair for $50. So you accepted my offer. Simple so far. But there has to be, for a binding contract, some kind of consideration. And what that is, something of value. It can't be a gift. There has to be something exchanged for something else. For instance, in this little chair scenario, my consideration is the chair. Scott's consideration is the 50 bucks. And then the final thing is specified essential terms. So if we have a written contract, we can't just say buying a chair for $50. Sounds simple enough, but how do we know what chair? What does it look like? Is it blue? Is it purple? Is it leather? Is it antique? Is it from the Star Trek set? Who knows? So we gotta put that in the contract. Also the time of the payment. Am I gonna pay Scott tomorrow, next week, next year? Never, because he trusts me. And how am I gonna pay him? Cash, coins, British pounds, yen? That has to be in there too. So once this is all put in writing, signed by both parties, you have a valid and binding contract. Simple enough? What do you guys think? Yeah, simple enough. How many people actually uh, go ahead and comply with them? Easy enough, right? Keep it simple, stupid. But is it really that keep it simple, stupid? Well, it depends. I mean, you could have a contract that we've written that are literally one page. I've seen contracts that are four and 500 pages for the sale of a business. And it really depends. I like keeping them simple, stupid. Um, I think it, it, it it's better because the parties know the terms. But that's when we get into litigation. That's what I do day in and day out is, is litigation. You wouldn't believe that some of the cases over contracts, people will fight over what is the meaning of the word it, what is the wording of the mean I, um, did you breach, did you not breach? And then the question is, a contract is good until somebody messes up and doesn't apply. Then you have a breach. Should I go into that at all? Sure, why not? Sure, yeah. Okay, why not? And, and, and then we'll, we'll maybe we'll give some more examples. Okay, you have a breach. Now... There are three elements for a breach of a contract. There has to be a valid contract, a material breach of the contract, and damage of some kind. If you don't mind, we're gonna go back to the Ron Scott chair example, as exciting as it is. Okay, we have a valid contract, which we already know we do because we went over all that elements. Ron and Scott have their signed contract, everything's in there. So this material breach, what is that? When one of the parties does not live up to the contract in a meaningful way, such as Scott not paying the money he promised Ron or Ron not delivering the chair. Now, it has to be meaningful. Let's say Scott um, agreed to pay via check, but he gives me a money order. I'm not gonna go to court with that. That's not a material breach. And the last part is damages, which be the non-breaching party would have to have some kind of damages in some way. Let's say, for example, Scott pays Ron for the chair, you give me the money, and I deliver you the chair. Let's say it breaks after two days. Let's say Scott's sitting there and falls right on his butt during the middle of a show. Is he damaged? Yeah. He's out of the money. He doesn't have a functional chair. So if Scott wanted to, he could sue me for breach of contract. And chances are a judge gonna, is going to award him money for that. It has to be monetary damages. Would it be the value of the chair? Yeah. Could it also be the lost income from the show? Um, let's say he broke a bone. That's all can be... Um, you can get that money compensated in a breach of contract. Pretty simple, but it can be real complicated. I've had breach of contract cases that go on for two and three years. 
when you take depositions and have expert witnesses and all this other kind of stuff, get before a judge or a jury and um, then see what happens, present your case. So that's like the very, very elementary form of contracts. And I know you guys have seen contracts through your lives, um, some simple, not so simple. So is that uh, making sense to the, to the crew today in our first, our first little uh, syndic here? Absolutely. All right, David, take Very over. So. Yeah, David, go ahead. So, okay, so let me ask you this, because like you said, there are simple contracts, and there are contracts that you need five interpreters for, and you need to be explained to, like, you're a five-year-old. And I'm using that loosely, but it, 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 you and I both know that some things aren't always explained the right way. When somebody enters into a simple contract, and then there's a breach, and there is it more likely to be something that could be worked out or are we going to take a more litigious, you know, angle at it? What is, what is the basic makeup of, gee, I broke a contract and now what do I do? Well, it depends. If you're the breaching side or the non-breaching side, I think that the best thing to do is to reach out. Reach out to the other side and say, look, we have a dispute here. You think I breached. I don't think I did. How can we make it right? Or if maybe you feel you did something wrong, how can I make it right? Um, let's go to mediation. Um, mediation is a great process. You could do a pre-litigation or during litigation. You go before a neutral mediator and the mediator helps you settle a case. It's voluntary. It's confidential yet voluntary. If it doesn't work, then you may have to go to court, but I think court is, is the last resort. So, I mean, we deal with all kinds of contracts every day, and I know that, you know, a lot of what we all talk about sometimes is sports, and think about all the complicated sports contracts that are out there. You got it with the players, you got the um, contracts with the coaches, you got contracts between the teams and the media, you got the um, between the league and the teams, there's contracts everywhere. Think of all the things that can go wrong. And they do. And they do. And I know, um, I'm glad you brought up the idea of mediation, but I was actually going to throw that in there. See, I, Scott, I love it when you bring guests on, but just, you know, I don't have to do a lot of work. Um, <laughs> mediation, my, let me play I was, I was a county court mediator for, for three years uh, up there in North Florida. My father ran family mediation for the state of Florida for a while. So wow. I'm very familiar with the, with the ins and outs of that. Is, are people tending, and we'll talk about maybe some larger type of contracts, you know, where it's not just I'm buying a chair, I'm, I'm renting a home, or, you know, I, you know, I'm purchasing land, I'm buying a car, I'm doing something, you know, two-party, two-party type of, of negotiation here. Are you finding that people are tending to, to mediate more because they want a quicker result, or are they still going through the legal process of waiting it out? Because we know that can take a while. You know, I, I think people are meeting uh, are, are, are mediating more and more. Um, mm -hmm. it's, mediation is part of uh, alternative dispute resolution, and it's becoming more and more popular because if you think about it, it's a lot cheaper. Um, it, 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 you go to mediation, it's voluntary. You know, the, what I always say and I tell clients that if you, if you know your mediation, you know your mediation is successful if you leave not happy but satisfied. Because these people don't win at mediation. You never get all you want. You never give nothing. But it's a lot of give and take. I, I, I think it's a great process. And I think the, the courts do, too. As you were saying, your experience with mediation, every case, for instance, in Florida, where we are, every civil case has to go to mediation before trial. So you're going to mediation. Do it before you file or do it after, but you're going to mediation. 
right? And I'm a fan, have, big fan. Have you, because you said you've been, you've been practicing law for, for quite a while here in, in Florida, how does... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The process of, of like, the legal process in Florida, how much has it changed better for the, uh, the clients uh, over the last 20 years? Well, it's changed in, 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 in a bunch of ways. I think the major change in the last several years has been dealing with technology. Because right now, if you practice law in Florida, everything is filed online. It's filed through a portal. Um, so we don't mail anything, so it's, it's a lot faster. Um, the opposite side is people, there's more attorneys than ever. It's getting quite quite litigious, and the courts are overburdened, overburdened. So that's why other alternative dispute resolution process like mediation is great. But technology has been a fantastic thing. For instance, in COVID right now, um, Florida has mandated basically well, not basically, it has mandated most hearings over Zoom. So it's great in a way. For instance, um, let's say me or any other lawyer, you don't have to travel to court for a five-minute hearing. Think about this. Let's say you you live, let's say me personally, it takes like an hour, an hour or so to get to the court. You have to wait for the hearing. Uh, you may wait an hour or two hours there because the courts are backed up. The hearing gets to you. The hearing can last a minute to five minutes. You get your order, you go all the way back to your office, three or four hours, go on Zoom, it's five minutes. So you can service more clients that way, and it also is a lot cheaper for the clients and hopefully better for the courts as well. Ron, do you find yourself lots of times dealing with grievances? Because I know, for example, you know there are a lot, a lot of grievances. David and I will go back to a sport where MLB's players were going to file a grievance, you know, in the, uh, during the uh, standoff and impasse. So tell, tell our audience a little bit more about grievances and how they fit in the equation. Sure. I mean, it, it, it's so much to it. It really is basic contract because most of those are filed under the, uh, for instance, the MLB's collective bargaining agreement. Um, all of the players' unions have bar- uh, bargaining agreements with the leagues, and they are contracts. So let's say a player, on the, there's a provision on the collective bargaining agreement where the player can file a grievance and this procedure where the grievance is heard and, and it's binding upon the player, which is somewhat, essentially a form of arbitration, which is another dispute, uh, resolu- alternative dispute resolution. Arbitration, for to put it simple, is a private trial. Um, the two agreed parties and their attorneys will present their case to the arbitrator. The arbitrator will make a decision, and under the agreement that they have, like the collective bargaining agreement, that is binding, and that agreement can be enforced in court. So it's another way to save money and be a little quicker, and the really good thing is it's private. Um, for instance, in your scenario, you know, does a player in the league want to be in a public courtroom? Do they want to have everything they say known to the public? They don't. 
arbitration is all private. I'm a fan of arbitration as well. It's a second step to mediation. If mediation can't can't solve the dispute and you don't want to go to court, go to arbitration. But in, in your scenario, Scott, that arbitration is compelled. But it works well. Go ahead, David. So now that we're going to talk a little sports and courts here, um, you've been following what's been going on with the with the players union and the owners of MLB. Yes. Is there any way they should have been more accommodating to each other and should have mediated this to a third party instead of going back and forth like a tennis match? Could this have been resolved a lot sooner? You know, in my humble opinion, yeah, I think it should have. I, I think the parties should have sat down probably with a neutral mediator and said, look, we have this problem. We have to address it where we're happy, and and I, I know you know each party's looking in their in their best interest. But to go back and forth in the media, um, to and have these you know you have a proposal, 120 games, 80 games, 60 games. We want you know uh, this much prorated, this two thirds, one third, one third. I don't think it's it's been good for the fans, and hasn't been good for the sport. I, mean, I don't know what would you guys think about it? this this public display of this that ping pong back and forth. Well, my I, you want me I, to answer that? Well, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no reason for it, but this has been going on for many years when it comes to sports collective bargaining negotiations. Anyways, once you got finger pointing, okay, one side you have to look at one side and the other. Who's right? Who's wrong? You know what? My opinion, they're all wrong. But you know, full well, there's always going to be disputes in the media. The thing that you have going, though, Ron, is not only do you have the media, now you have social media, which really compounds everything even worse. Because that's when public opinion becomes more and more obvious, and then you formulate a conclusion. So I think, unfortunately, this may be a new trend with social media as you start looking at future negotiations. David, go ahead. I was going to ask the same thing. Thanks, Scott. How much... For how much does social media and technology, and like we talked about, it's great we have it, but social media, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want to use, how much does that hurt the the basics of, of, of the legal system? It, it, it has changed everything. Um, I, I agree with that, and it, it hurt. It, it does hurt because you have to be really careful about social media because it's it, 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 it's admissible uh, in court. Uh, lawyers use it all the time. Um, for instance, I, I was talking, and I think Scott knows uh, another friend of the show, um, personal injury lawyer, who, who told us that essentially if you get, let's say you get in a car accident, the and you sue, you know, somebody hits you and you sue, the attorneys for the insurance company, the defense attorneys, are going to go through every portion of your social media account for who knows how long to find out what you say, where you were, were you at a restaurant after, what did you, were you able to say, hey, look at me, I can play, I can play basketball, whatever the case is. So it, it's a double-edged sword. People use it as a weapon, but they don't know how much it could hurt. And, um, you know, kind of back to the, to, to the baseball uh, example, does this really need to be in social media? Think about this scenario. Let's say the league and the union sat down and say, uh, how about you? We'll use you, David. You're, sir, you, you were certified as a meter. David, we want you to come up here and we want you to mediate this for us. It's going to be totally confidential and you hash it out. If it takes days, if it takes weeks, and they come up with an answer, don't you think the, you know, a settlement, don't you think that would be better for the game, for the players, for the fans? 
I do. Most, de- most, most definitely. I look at it from the... De- I look at it from two, two sides. I mean, uh, the greatest thing I ever learned uh, while studying law and whatnot is there's two sides to every pancake, no matter how flat it is. <laughs> and and I, use that, I use that with everything. I talk to my son about it. He dri- I drive him nuts. But if this had been something where they, you know, it's not one of those things where we lost in the room and we don't come out until we have an answer. But, we, you know, there's, there's, you know, the commissioner, there is Tony Clark, and there is me. Um, I'm going to present both sides the best way to get this taken care of while we're not going so much through so much muck and minutia right. trying to come to a resolution that everybody is agreeable on. And I think that gets lost in basic law principles that I got to get mine. I was done wrong. I've got to sue or I've got to mediate because I've got to get what I deserve. And part of that is television is telling everybody you need it. The radio is telling you everybody needs it. Oh, yeah, social media now, there's an advertisement. Every page I turned to was some law firm saying, you need to get the, the you know, the, the, get the respect that you need and the money that you deserve. So it's becoming quite, you know, with, you know, legal society. And every other word out of the mouth is sue this or sue that. Um, I think the mediation view, viewpoint, or even the arbitration for that matter, um, gives it a little bit more dignity in the way it's handled. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. And, and like under under your the example that we're using, so nobody gets everything they want, but everyone's satisfied. I mean, isn't the the, the idea for, in the baseball example to go and at least have some semblance of a season rather than this back and forth? And you're right, people are, are, are litigious, and the social media, you're right, doesn't help. Everyone is 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 saying what you know. Have you seen a lot of social media? Everyone's saying what what they deserve as opposed to what others deserve. And that's, I don't know if that, that's a societal thing. You know, that that's a whole, we, we can have another show on that if you guys want. Mark that down, Scott, by the way, for next time. No, you just, text you, it to, you just text it to me. I'm working on hashtags right now, okay? But anyways. Know, but, when he's not talking, he's writing stuff down, and, 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 and you can smell smoke. He, he's thinking real hard about what, he what he's got going on. Yeah. Uh, what well, you got to well, take? Uh, we want you to change society in the next show. So, you know, make it better for everybody. Could you think you can do that? Oh, I know I can. Don't worry. And the more caffeine I get, the worse it gets for everybody out there. So here, with, with that said, Ron, and Dave, you know, everybody's got heavier fuel one way or another, whether it's caffeine, regular gasoline, wherever you get this stuff, who cares? It doesn't matter. We're all poisoned one way or the other, so, but whatever. But at any rate, okay, Ron, one thing I've noticed on a lot of television, whether it's CNN, ESPN, is they're all starting to go to legal analysts, to, in other words, to translate everything in English. For example, ESPN has a guy named Robert uh, Cossack. I'm just using certain names. Is that becoming a more common trend with big networks that they're going to bring in a legal guy to translate everything for every the average Joe out there? Oh, yeah, it's becoming everything, whether it's you know sports, news. Uh, for all I know, the Weather Channel has a legal, legal analyst now. Uh, everything, because things are, you know, legalese is, is a complicated thing, and um, there's a lot of, um, we'll say experts out there, even though we can't use the word expert, there's a lot of folks out there who think they can translate it and um, make it easier for the public. How good a job they do, that's... That's for you and the listeners to judge. I don't know. When you, well, we ask you guys, when you see these legal um, analysts, let's say on ESPN, CNN, whatever, do you come away more enlightened or more confused? 
Well, I actually come away more enlightened. I really am. And I remember many years ago when I worked for a home improvement company, my brother uh, had a legal uh, in-house lawyer. And you know what? That saved him a lot of money, and he put him on salary. But for me, what I do is I become enlightened. Uh, you know, once upon a time, if you could ever imagine, it was just a wild dream or a thought. Then again, everything I do is wild anyways. I thought about being a prosecuting attorney once upon a time. I could, with my volatile personality, I think I'd probably be pretty good at it. I don't with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I like to defend anybody. I like to go. Oh, you would have been fantastic at it, Scott. Yeah. The prosecuting attorney, y'all, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Instead of oh, a yeah, raging yeah. bull, they call me the great white shark in the courtroom, so go figure. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, if somebody does something bad, they do something bad, and you want you want a raging bull slash great white shark going at them, you know, but that's another lifetime. Oh, my God. But, yeah, all the things that we learn here on the broadcast that Ron never and I never talked about, but, boy, I'll tell you, all these things we're going to learn, Ron. And David, my, my left and right hand, it is what it is. But no, I find it enlightening. I do. Anytime I can learn something new about law or anything that's formulated, whether it's uh, argumentation, debate. I remember when I was at USF many years ago, one of the classes I took as part of my major was argumentation, debate, rebutting and refuting. And that's legalese, too. And, you know, it's always interesting to see how somebody builds a case and then they attack it, you know. And so whether it's law I don't care. In life, we're always refuting and rebuttaling, and law is just another extended facet of that. But I, to answer your question, true. Rotten, yeah, in life. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. That is a good way to put it. Yeah, and you know, when you say that, in practicing law, you also learn quite a bit because if you're handling a case uh, about a, whatever the topic is, a lot of times you have to consult or, uh, with an expert. So let's say I um, have a case about, I don't know, Broadcasting, I don't know. I'm no expert or, or that, you know, full of knowledge of broadcasting. So I would retain somebody like, I don't know, let's say Scott. And then he would help me understand it and he would he would testify, put him on the stand and explain. A lot of cases come down to the battle of the experts. Which expert is better? Which expert is more concise? Which expert is more convincing to the jury? And you want somebody that speaks clearly and speaks in simple terms, and that's why you both would be good experts, if I ever needed it, of course. I got news for you. I get done with you. you you'll, you'll be a broadcaster. Give me a little time with you, Renzi. I'll make sure you're a good broadcaster. I'll make sure that I take it all the way to Sydney Brief throughout that chamber, and they won't put a muzzle oh or duct tape on my mouth. I'll yeah, just be off and running. Is that a threat or a promise? Oh, that's a promise. I'm going to make a broadcaster out of you. You can I'll take it as a threat. <laughs> you'll, you'll take it as what? <laughs> You'll take it as what? Oh, 
Huh? I think it's a threat. Yeah, well, I said, is that a threat or a promise? They said, I guess I'll have to take it as a threat right now. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's a promise. Oh it's gosh. okay. It's a, it's a good promise, okay, Ron. let's get back on the rails here, guys. No, it's yeah, okay. Okay, okay. That, 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 that's a good point. That's a good point. How do we get from uh, contracts to, uh, to uh, threats over the air? I don't know. I don't know. All I know I is I need a good I, legal I, analyst, I and I got you doing right it for now. me. <laughs> well, you'll find it on this show, Ron. We go lots of different directions, like the auto racing that you have. That you so much, how much you're much of a motorsports fan you are. We go fast and we go wide, man. So on this broadcast, you better be a chameleon because we're going to go in a lot of different directions as we continue to simplify it and entertain it at the same time. Hey, it, it, it sounds like a theme park, so there you go. let's go do it. So go ahead, okay, David. Well, now, that Scott, but Scott, now that Scott just opened the door, I'm going to walk in. You're an NASCAR fan. Uh, I am more of an IMSA fan, yeah. Okay. The, uh, okay. You know, sport, I'm, I'm more sports car racing fan, but I, I, I do follow motorsports as I follow all the sports, but I, I guess we're going to talk some NASCAR now. Well, I know you well, love it. I was, was, was going to ask a question. Um, and, I mean, unless we want to open that door and walk in, with everything that has gone on in the last week or two with uh, social injustice, what's been going on with Double Wallace? Absolutely. Uh, they, the the uh, noose that they found in, in those garage, by the way, they're now saying it was just a handle to pull down a garage door, but we kind of know that's probably bull. Yeah, but, uh, that could be the case. Of course. But... Are you finding that cases today, especially in the last month, people are being more socially conscious in the way that they're handling their their, their legal issues or their you know their legal issues? You know, I, I actually do find that a little bit. I think people are, are being a little more socially socially conscious in, in a good way because of everything that's happened, of all the injustices that have been going. I think people are kind of at least taking pause. I know we're not nearly anywhere aware of, of having a just society, but I think people are starting to think, and I think it shows, and I think it shows in the way they're handling uh, cases and such. So, you know, I, 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 I wish we were further along, as I think you guys do, but I, I do see a change. Yeah, I mean, do you guys see any changes in, 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 you know, in, in, in anywhere? Okay, well, I, I will say this. That it, here in Jacksonville, how do I say this without sounding kind of weird? Let's start at the beginning. When all of the social injustice issues started to come about again, and I know that we've been fighting this for years, but this is, you know, what was going on with, with George Floyd and, and social injustice and this and that, or rioting and there's protesting and whatnot. I'm seeing people that are more aware of what people are doing around them. And maybe that is naive of me to think that people are going to, had turned their heart, you know, upside down and around or whatever, and everything's fine. But I do see that people are taking time to really get to talk to people now before they come to conclusion. And maybe that's part, that's the best part of all of this. Like I said to Scott and I said to Candy, you need to listen first. Nobody's listening. People are trying to speak their mind. And if we sat down and we actually listened to what people had to say and then reacted to it, Legalities of everything that's going on in our world probably would be a lot, a lot happier. We'd be a lot safer. It would be a more wholesome existence. Oh, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think we're making a little bit there. And I know we probably don't want, I know, Scott, you did a, you know, several shows on, on, on Black Lives Matter right. and the, um, 
in the systemic racist systemic racism problem we have in our country. Right. So I know you talk a lot about it, and I you know commend you for doing that. And if we just keep talking about it, I think it's only it, it's just a good thing. Kind of like you said, talk and listen. Just listen to other people and, and people that have suffered. Listen to them. Well, I'll tell you what, Ron. Uh, when it was all said and done, I did. I was involved in about eight broadcasts with lots of different people on that very subject. And I'm going to tell you what. You talk about draining broadcasts and extensive preparation to make sure you're not alienating anybody. Let me tell you, this is uh, the challenge that I've had to deal with over the years. It really, really, really is. But, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This is an important situation. And we all have to bring about things. Everything you say can be held against you in a court of public opinion, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's whatever. Okay. And we have to be conscious of that because I'll tell you what, it, it, George Floyd, to me, and I'm not getting into this detail, this has been going long, uh, going on long before his unfortunate tragedy. The only thing Absolutely. that made the George Floyd situation was the fact that you had the kneeling. But let's not dis- lose sight of the fact that there are lots of other incidents, and this was a straw that broke the camel's back. So whether, you know, I can joke around about, you know, everybody being a broadcaster, hey, you know what, Ron, in, in a different sense, and no, a lot of people don't realize it, okay, you're a broadcaster in heart because you're broadcasting, okay, t- to judges in your own way about how you're going to defend your clients. We all are. We're all playing a broadcasting game whether we realize it or not. We're all playing chess whether we realize it or not because as I've always been a firm believer that you have to think three steps ahead. So, you know, as much as I enjoy the candor that exists between the three of us and we're going to have a lot more fun as time goes on, we're different things that we don't realize. It's just the subconscious mind has to relate to them in their own proper context. You, you know what I mean? And I do, and I think you, that's very true. Very right. eloquent, too. Yeah, so I mean, you know, my mother-in-law, okay, was a uh, broadcaster, okay, when I announced that I was going to get married to Candy, and she wanted to go out there and tell everybody, but we said, Mom, you kind of have to wait till everybody's there, because she, she, she gives a much better message than the Morse code and the telegraph, I'm telling you, but God rest her soul. <laughs> but, you know, but we're all broadcasters. We really, hey, listen, you're going to bring your... Uh, She's the greatest woman on the planet. Before I got married to this woman, she called me three times a day when I was uh, in the hospital out for a while. But, you know, but keeping it realistic here, we're all things that we don't realize, Ron. And, and that's where I want to talk about the fact that I am serious in this respect, okay? I really am. I have moments when I can joke around, and there's moments when I really get hard-nosed serious, bang, 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 wait on top, bang, okay, that kind of stuff. But, you know, we have to understand the context for which we are. And the inner circle that we create. You follow me? Yeah. I follow you. It's just a and matter. I agree. Yeah. So it's just a matter. Of, you know, I, you know, up until uh, David told me a couple of weeks ago on a broadcast, he had a criminal justice degree. Well, my goodness, you know, there's more and more things that we learn about one another as time goes on. But when you put things in perspective, I'm glad we're leading off this broad, uh, broadcast, a new era with us about contracts because that's one of the most valuable parts in the legal system and as we continue to build this brand i know that one of my goals in the future is that we'll have not one theme but we'll have two so that we're able to educate our listeners about different aspects that they should be aware of so i think so and there's one and it all kind of fits fits with 
each other, I think, talking about, you know, David has a criminal justice degree. And he, you know, he, I don't use it. You don't use it. You don't use it, but <laughs> you don't use it, but it's in your head when you're talking about the, yeah. the the injustices going around, the Black Lives Matter, systemic racism, the problems with the criminal justice system uh, that we are very well aware of. You're, it has to formulate opinions in your head. It has to. I mean, and and uh, you know, whether you're talking about sports or or contracts or anything else, you can't just pick one part, one thing, because it's all connected. At least I believe so. Well, let me tell you this too, Ron. Okay, well, we were doing the sports exchange on the WEI network with Peter Wien. You were there as it, and blending in with us. But I got to tell you one thing, and I say this, folks, very, very seriously, okay? Uh, unfortunately, when Sebring was canceled, okay, Ron and I did a broadcast with Ken Breslauer, and this was Ron's first opportunity to sit alongside of me and be a broadcaster. And when I thought about bringing you on uh, as a regular contributor, both not only on your own broadcast a couple times a month, but also the sports, you know, Ron, I'm in a position where over four years, I'm not going to invite anybody on there that I think is going to fall on their face. I'm not. So in a certain sense, okay, you backed into a broadcaster's role and you impressed me so much that it convinced me to do it. Just like my beautiful wife, Candy. Okay, when I got to know her, I said, if you want to go to Brewers games, I'm not buying tickets. You get yourself a camera, and all of a sudden, this banker turned into a photographer. And I'll tell you what, folks, she's a damn good one. She really is. So there's a lot of things that we don't realize what we are until somebody gives us that opportunity to do that. But when you went out there and talked uh, to Ken Breslauer with IMSA, and I know a lot of people know that IMSA is about endurance racing, and that's why Ron really gravitates to it. You know, to me, you know, there's nothing wrong with being able to have a secondary title. And you impress the living heck out of me, Ron. And that's one of the major reasons that we started our own broadcast with David Levin along with us. So you impressed me with that first act. And that's why I'm confident we're going to be an outstanding trio down the line. So it's not like I gave you the, the, your own broadcast. You earned it in my mind with your loyalty to me, loyalty to me plus what I saw that night with Sebring. Scott, thank you. I, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Um, that compliment coming from you, somebody's do, doing this for decades, that means a lot to me. Thank you. And David Levin, the same way. You know what? Well, when I met this guy uh, last April, we became good friends. But then all of a sudden, Dan Edwards and the Jaguars just stuck the two of us next together. And we were forced to get to know each other. And before, by the end of December, he was broadcasting with me. And, and I've dragged his tail with me all over the place of this network. So... You know, and David Levin didn't have a whole lot of broadcasting. You tied me up and took me with him, honestly. What's that? You tied me up and took me with you. Of course I did, Levin. I'll tell you, man. People didn't realize you've got some hidden talents here. By the way, folks, you're listening to South Florida Tribune Podcast here on WSAN Network. You can follow us on Twitter. I'll get to the other information at Tribune South. But, you know, this is our first opportunity to work with Ron Renzi, who will be a permanent staple on the broadcast as he's our legal analyst. You can find Ron's picture on www.southflorida.tribune.com. Ron advises me in a lot of different legal matters. And, you know, it's always good to have that person there to make sure that, uh, you know, he keeps it going in the right direction. So, so, but, you know, again, we have a lot of good things, and there's no better opportunity to start off a broadcast time than talking about contracts, arguably the most important document on the planet because we're all subjected to them. David, continue. What else do you want to add to the mix? 
I'm still getting over the fact that you said I was doing a good job. Hang on a second. Um, well, how many times have I told you to put these uh, broadcasts in the trophy case, except that for that weird bird once in a while? I'll give you a hard time. I'm well, used I'm to it. I'm going to ask just one more question because I know that there's probably some other things Scott's want to talk about. But do you think that now that we are communicating like we've talked about, and it, it's all walks of life, and it's whatever, in whatever topic it is that people want to, to speak out about, are we going to be able to put our differences aside and not be so um, too happy and be able to come together in a, in a more comfortable situation where we're meeting between each other on a daily basis and we're not worrying about whether we're going to wind up in a courtroom, do you think that this is going to become the new norm? You know, that's an extremely difficult, difficult question. Um, well, I don't know for sure. I certainly believe so. I, I, I think as a society, we know that, that strife and conflict is just not good for anybody. Um, that why not come together? You can, you can sit down with somebody you may not agree with. You may not even particularly care for personally, but you can come to some kind of solution. You can come to something where you can walk away where both people have a certain amount of respect. And, and I think, I, I, I do think we're going that way. Um, I hope we go there quickly. I hope I'm not wrong, but I think we're going that way. Good. All right, great. So, okay, Scott. So, Ron, here's the thing. Okay, you're talking about a $50 chair for me. I wonder what that chair would be worth if Bobby Knight threw it across uh, the uh, gym and hit somebody with it. How much that $50 chair would be worth? <laughs> It would be a lot uh, uh, worth a lot more than fifty bucks. I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Knight. I mean, I credit. He hurled that thing a long way. I'm telling you, I ran across there, but Bobby Knight in the chair. Hey, how could they not bring up a broadcast of Bobby Knight, the legendary Indiana Hoosiers coach, with his volatile temper? Maybe I'm not quite like him, but I tell you, if I ever did have a kid, I always thought maybe the right name for it would be Bobby. Anyways, but. I'll settle for bucket and boots and furballs. But the question, Scott, is how far can you throw a chair? I don't know. Let me find out. I don't know. Maybe we should go out to the park and we'll see if I can find okay, one. Okay, that's it. I, I, I think we found some kind of a, uh, a uh, remote, maybe. We're going to measure how far Scott can throw a chair. Now, I, I think a simple folding chair will do. What do you think, David? I, we have to go like a recliner, not a lazy boy, just a folding chair. If it's one of those things that he can throw into a WWE ring, uh, I, got, I got I got six feet. Well, here's you the thing. Oh, whoa, he, he could do eight. Come on, he could do eight. But well, I'll I'm tell you, sure that, about that. that would be good for the YouTube channel. But you guys got to remember one thing, okay? I did have two shoulder operations, so I don't know if the toss would be as far. Oh, uh, now he's making the excuse. No, I'm not. Eight. I'd like to see what okay. I can. I'll... Okay, I'm, I'm changing mine to five. Thanks, Scott. Oh no, that's okay. okay. Hey, just, <laughs> hey, I'll take my five hundred dollar. Uh, uh, bet here and put it on a YouTube channel to see how it busted up motor mouth with two shoulder operations that once contemplated a hockey comeback in his 50s, let alone somebody who got laughed at by his doctor, okay, who wanted on a video. I wonder how much that one video would run. Now, now we're, wow. again, we're just kidding around well, with the well, chair we, we could do it for charity. Yeah, let's everybody do Everybody puts in yeah. some money and everybody takes a bet. You know, how about like one of those 50-50 raffle kind of deals? You know, you put in 10 bucks, the winner, half goes to the winner. You know, and you could donate to your favorite charity, Scott. Yeah. All right, Ron, you All set right. that up. You set that up. Set that okay, up. okay. <laughs> hey, come on, man. I'll tell you, I throw in a chair. You know, but I'll have to do it after I had probably one or two uh, two liters of uh, Mountain Dew because I need something to call PED, Performance Enhancing Drink, okay? Oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
pumped up. I agree. Oh, that's it, man. I'm not talking about Roy's. I'm talking about Diet Mountain Dew, which is my new favorite drink. I was, I was curious where he was going with this. Yeah, I got <laughs> So does Walmart. Every time I grab six or eight every uh, week. Do you like the plain, uh, the plain Mountain Dew? Do you like? Cause they have the ones with the with funky colors, the blue and the red. Do you like any of those? No, I got to go diet, man. How many calories uh, uh, would a two-liter be? That would kill my whole meal uh, calorie count, which is like 1,200 a day anyway. So I got to go with the Yeah, you're right. Stuff. You're right. Stick with the zero. You're right. Stick with the zero calories. Not, hey, listen. My wife, Candy, got me addicted to Diet Mountain Dew. My ex-wife, Susan, got me addicted to Diet Coke. Either way, if I'm going to go for the PED, we modernize it to the old green stuff. But if you guys ever knew anything about North Carolina and you ever had sun drop, oh, my goodness, that would make Mountain Dew look like water. Okay, well here then if we're gonna do the chair thing, you have to chug you have to chug two liters of Diet Mountain Dew before you throw the chair. No, no, we'll do it before and after. How's that? Hey, listen, hey. Think, David. No, 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 no. Sheer wine, Scott. Not the sun no, I want him No, 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 you can't change this deal. Hey, you know what? We can do this thing over at the uh, Coral Springs uh, chamber, but outside in the parking lot, man. We can get some wind with this whole thing. This would be pretty good stuff. Hey, listen. You know, they, let me tell you, guys. They got the Nathan's Eating uh, Hot Dog Contest every July 4th, for crying out loud, where these guys go ahead and uh, shovel those dogs down there. What's wrong with me going to having, uh, having a Diet Mountain Dew thing, you know? You know, right. it is what it is. I love it. I love it. We just better have the the uh, EMS there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, Don King talks I mean, about... You keep pumping that stuff down. <laughs> well, listen, Don King raves about only in America, but you know what? We can build this up to be only in Coral Springs, Florida. I love it. I love it. Well, get the chamber like to publicize it. So anyways, with that said, now that I've done a great job getting off tangent talking about a contract of Diet Mountain Dew or graduating there, uh, is there any other things about the legal aspect that uh, we can talk about, David Levin? I know you have a lot of things until we go on to the next broadcast two weeks from today. You know, actually, we covered everything that we had talked about, um, and I love the fact that we were able to do it um, as, in, in, just, as simple as possible because now I understand it a little bit better. And I really appreciate that, Bob. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for for letting me uh, talk about some legal some legal stuff. I appreciate it, and look forward to doing it again. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You'll be doing it wrong. Hey, the dynamic trio has been established. And what's the date here? It's called June twenty third, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty doesn't mean what my vision is. It's what the year is. But whatever that is. So, <laughs> so on that note, okay. Uh, with that said. Uh, David Levin, let everybody know how they can go ahead and get a hold of you. All right. Uh, I can be found at uh, com. I cover Jacksonville Jaguars and Black and Chill.com. I also cover the Miami Marlins at MarlinManiac.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I can be found at DM719907. I am also the co-host for 180 Stations with Scott on a weekly basis. All right, Ron, how are they going to get a hold of you? Get a hold of me. Uh, as I stated before, my firm is Wahlberg and Renzi. We offer free consultations for any Florida appeal or Florida civil case. You can reach me at 954-757-1212. That's 954-757-1212. Or give us an email at info at Wahlberg-Renzi.com. Let me spell that for you. Info at W-A-L-L-B-E-R-G dash R-E-N-Z-Y dot com. And as far as uh, reaching us, uh, you can reach uh, us at, at Tribune South if you're on Twitter. 
Facebook, South Florida Tribune. Like the page. You get all the updates there. Instagram, South Florida Tribune gets it done. And everything we've talked about tonight with Ron and I and David, if you want to find it on the YouTube channel, okay, South Florida Tribune, subscribe to that. Our website is www.southfloridatribune.com. You'll have a lot of content from our media distribution partners, our columnists, and you'll also be able to find the broadcast there as well. Uh, email southfloridatribune at gmail.com gets it done. You can find me on LinkedIn under Scott Morganroth. Uh, you are listening to the South Florida Tribune podcast on the WSAN network. And you can also find these broadcasts on www.southfloridatribune.com, wherever you get your podcast. So on behalf of Ron Renzi, David Levin, and myself, uh, Scott Morgan off the Motor City Manmouth, hope you enjoyed this edition of the South Florida Tribune podcast. We will be doing this broadcast twice a month. And it's scheduled recording night is on Tuesday. So good night, everybody, and great job to my new dynamic duo. Good night, everybody.